When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hi, Joshua. How are you doing? I'm great. We're on the road again. We are. We're in the uh, West Craven Mobile Book Library or whatever it is. The mobile book, the bookmobile. (laughs) The bookmobile. I always mess it up. You know, but that, it gives you the opportunity to correct me. Yes, exactly. Gives you an opportunity to learn I, any me chance something. I get to correct you. Yes, Joshua, yes. I want it. Um, we are very excited because we are here in the studio with, and I'm going to read this from a little bit from your from your website, your your professional intro here. And I'm going to mess up your name. Erlinger Toratsen is an award-winning writer and director, born and raised in Reykjavik, Iceland. And a graduate from Columbia University's MFA Film Directing Program. Welcome, Erlinger. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hi. I was like, when you said you were going to read it from a website, I was like, oh, my God. I don't think I've updated that website in, like, five years. Oh, maybe (laughs) not. this is all correct. This is nice. This is is a lovely little (laughs) intro there. I was like, I like that. Let's use that. (laughs) Awesome. Well, welcome. Um, Thank you. Uh, we are going to have so much fun chatting uh, with you all about uh, horror and uh, why you make horror, and uh, it's going to be so fun. But first, what, uh, what's going on this week? What, what were we up to? Well, you know, I have not watched anything horrific this week, so I'm, I'm, I'm need some, I need some more. Oh, I did, so my coworkers um, were talking about... Uh, Hereditary and Midsummer at work, and I just had to chime in. I'm just like, uh, what? What are you talking about? And it's like, oh, well, you know, we were all talking about how Tony Collette should have been nominated for the Academy Award right. for best um, for best actress. And I said, oh, yes, I agree. And then we were talking a little bit more. I was trying to get them to watch Midsummer because you know I, I want them to be as horrified as I was when I watched it. Um, so yeah, so nothing. I did finish, um, I did finish, uh, I'm on the last season of Scandal on Netflix. Oh, wow. Because I needed to, I, every time we watch something for our show, I like to completely do something else. Do that way. Keep keep it, keep it fresh for me. He's got to keep himself from being too horrified, you know, pushing him over the edge. Because that's not our brand. I can't be, I can't be completely horrified all the time. I have to, (laughs) get introduced every single time. Um, this is true. What are you watching? Um, you know, I've been doing a rewatch on a lot of stuff. Um, I've been rewatching Nurse Jackie. <laughs> See, cuz addiction is horrifying. Yes, addiction um, is horrifying. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of like scary stuff this week that I've been watching. Um, 
not much. You know, the uh, the new Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is coming out or will likely be out already by the time uh, this gets to your earballs, dear listener. Mm-hmm. So I am trying to make time sometime this weekend to watch the last few episodes of the last season just to kind of remind myself about... To refresh what happened. Yeah, the descent into hell or whatever is coming up in this next season. Do you watch Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? Um, I haven't. No, yeah, unfortunately. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. There's so much. There's so much to watch, I know. And I, I, I'm always curious, as someone who creates, like, who is a filmmaker who writes for film, do you, do you find that it's just difficult to watch, like, for leisure, for pleasure? Or do you, or are you just really specific about what it is that you want to watch when you are not thinking about the creative process? Um, I think um, f- definitely, like, for me, I, I'll watch anything. I watch, like, all types of films and shows. I think um, if I am working on something creative, then maybe I will kind of have a steady diet of, like, those types of films or things uh-huh. that I kind of feel like, oh, this might be a good inspiration or this might be, like, I already, you know, have this film in, in my in the back of my head, so I'll, I'll rewatch that. Um also, sometimes you don't want to watch those films. You don't want to get too inspired. But, um, but for example, like, you know, um, with, you know, when I did Rift, you know, I was watching a lot of, you know, like Ingmar Bergman films. You know? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and for Midnight Kiss, I was watching a lot of like, you know, I was watching Basic Instinct. You know, I was watching yes. like erotic mm-hmm. thrillers and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, it kind of just depends. But, um, but it's funny you were because you've both been watching TV. Um, I don't really watch a lot of tv regularly but um i've been sick this past week so um i started re-watching the killing do you remember that show yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i really like the first season i didn't follow up with it well but you... yeah so i wa- i watched like I-, I watched it way back when when it came out and now i've been re-watching it um like the first i just finished the third season yesterday and i actually think the third season is the best one okay it's very like atmospheric and kind of like it almost gets into like mythical territory like it's that kind of Scandinoir type of you know yeah because it's it's, um, it's based on a Danish, Danish. A Danish show. show right yes. Yeah. yes that's the one with Joel Kinnaman yes right and okay. and Mirel Enos yeah Enos. I don't I know how you say yeah, her name I remember how to say her name she's um, um she's very good yeah very they're good. both amazing um and it's it's interesting like you know when you re i, I very rarely rewatch shows but um for some reason i just like oh, i kind of had, had the craving to rewatch this and it's so dark and it's so like depressing it's so atmospheric um and uh yeah so that's kind of you know in terms of the horror stuff that i've been watching recently i would it's not like full-on horror, but especially in the third season, it gets very grisly and very really? kind of, like, uncomfortable. And um, So, yeah, I've, I've been very into that. Nice. Yeah, I love the atmosphere of that. I, I like that you bring that up because it, it's nice. Um, just the texture of it. You yeah, know, it's always raining. Yes, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't know if it's, like, the... Um, the um, the resolution it's uh, screened at, or like if it was actually filmed on like very grainy film, but like mm-hmm. it has that like grainy texture. Yeah. Oh yes. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just like I don't know. You just feel like cold and wet the entire, which is maybe not the best thing to watch when you're sick. But <laughs> but, but the entire world yeah. feels like how you feel. So. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just it like, felt uh, very appropriate. I can live in this world because yes. that's where I'm at right now. Yes. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, I I love to find films for because since we live in California, we don't. 
see a lot of thunderstorms or rain, you know? So it's like some days I crave to watch movies like the ring or like yes. seven, like that, like the killing reminds yes. me of, like of, the, of seven, you For know, sure, that t- yeah. sort of textures. Yeah. And, um, and actually, uh, your film rift, I was just saying yesterday, I was like, this is exactly the kind of movie I would put on when I want to feel cold. cold. And, <laughs> and you don't have that kind of thing where it's like, it's just too sunny out. I need, I need grayness and, yes. and, and vast <laughs> vistas. Exactly. <laughs> Which, yeah, you get, you get an abundance of in um, in Riff for sure. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm still I'm trying to keep up on uh, Black Spot, the um, Blanche Zone or whatever it was, the French uh, horror oh, series yeah, right, that's yeah. on Netflix. I heard about that. Is it good? Should I watch it? It is. I, I really enjoy it. Okay. Um, so I'm trying. It's like I like it. It's it's interesting. I think again we we talked about this on a previous episode where you know for a while they're the French. They did you know like high tension, irreversible martyrs. They made all these incredible gory, graphic, intense, like, um, horror films. And it has trickled down into this really incredible television that they made. Like, Lamont was really good. I don't know if you saw that. Didn't know. That was fantastic. So we kind of talked a little bit about this on uh, on a previous episode. Um, But, um, again, I'm, you know, Francophile. Everybody go see the Franco horror out there because they've they've made some really cool television that's popped up on Netflix in the last... um, few years there was another one that it's it was only i went to sweden and i watched like the whole series there like um in between like when we had downtime and then i downloaded it all and and watched it on the plane coming back until i lost it when i got back to america it all deleted from my netflix there was a really good show and i can't remember what it's called so check the episode notes because i will figure it out before but it was like about um like these people, like the um, indigenous people and this volcano where they were hiding all of this like nuclear stuff and all this. I don't know. It was really, really fascinating. Um, but it was another French production that was just really cool that I don't think is available here in America. But I hope it does soon. So I don't know. That's my the, the Francophile moment on Fright School today. <laughs> uh, otherwise, I've been watching, you know, your movies. I watched The Child Eater, uh, Child Eater and okay. Rift. And uh, Midnight Kiss recently. So I guess it's a good place we just dive in then. Yeah, yeah. there's anything else. No, 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 that's it. Because I, I, I really <laughs> want to talk about Midnight Kiss. I have a great story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not about a Midnight Kiss, but like in the experience of watching it. Because I watch, uh, we'll get into it. So yeah, okay. Let, okay. we'll get into it. So we'll start with, um, uh, so you, as I said at the beginning, are from Reykjavik, from mm-hmm. Iceland. So um what was that like? No, <laughs> I know it's like. Please don't. Encapsulate, please encapsulate your entire childhood, my entire life in two sentences. Uh, yes. Uh, no, but it, you know, it's like I was looking because it doesn't seem like there is a huge Icelandic horror uh, to work from. You know what I mean? To, to to find. So I'm curious, like how you discovered horror. So like, what was the first thing, maybe accidentally on television or whatever that you saw? Like, how did you get into horror? Right. I think for me, um, and I've heard this from a lot of people. So. Um, like from America and from everywhere, but like for me, it was um, basically the the VHS covers. You know, when I was a kid, you know, I loved going to the video store. You know, for for all the children out there, you know, uh, they're maybe too young to remember, but like we used to have like stores, like big yeah. stores, and you could rent videotapes. What was the name of your store? Oh, mine. Um, the one that was closest to me was called Scatley. Okay, which me. Basically, means bald head. Oh, which is like okay. I don't. I have no idea why they called themselves that. But um, it was um, yeah, it was just like a local um, like uh, you could buy, buy like candy and hot dogs and and rent videotapes there. That's um, awesome. And uh, I just remember being a kid and you know be gravitating towards the horror 
section always. Um, and I wasn't allowed to rent those films or watch them. But um, just looking at the covers and looking at the back, you know, the pictures on the back and reading the plots, I was already kind of creating stories in my head. Um, and my mom was also a big horror movie fan. So I would oh. ask her, like, oh, so, you know, have you seen this movie? Have you seen that movie? Uh, and then she would sometimes tell me kind of the plots. So I remember her telling me the plot of Carrie long before I was able to see Carrie and um, The Omen, uh, stuff like that. Um, and I feel like the more I, the more information I could get, the more, you know, enthusiastic I was about watching them. Um, I'm like, like, I can't, I mean, I don't remember exactly what the first horror film was that I saw, but I remember Freddy Krueger being like, becoming obsessed with Freddy Krueger yeah. for a time. And like, I, I started making up stories about Freddy Krueger and telling my friends, <laughs> even though I had never seen the movies. Freddy Krueger fan fiction. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and I, I definitely remember the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie that I saw, which was Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, perhaps not, um, everyone's favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie, but it has a soft spot in my heart because it was my first. Um, so that's, yeah, that's kind of where it started. I was about maybe like seven years old when I saw that, seven or eight. Wow, okay. Yeah, and that was only because I was um, I was visiting my uncle or uh, like a cousin of mine. We only have one word for relatives, so I get them mixed up. He was a cousin of mine. Um, and... He lived, like, far away from the city, and, uh, like, his video store, they, there was, like, no, like, rules, like, age limits. You could just, like, take whatever. So I picked A Nightmare on Elm Street, or Freddy said The Final Nightmare, um, and we watched that. And, um, I mean, I was terrified at the time, but, but I also wanted more. So that's, that's how it started. That must have been an interesting experience then to get to see the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Because by the time you get there, Freddy's pretty fun. Like, yes. it's, it's comical, you know? I think is, Roseanne is in that one. Oh, Roseanne is in that, yes. And they're, like, stuck in, like, the time loop, yes. you know, where they keep coming back to the town. And it's it's fun. I enjoy it, too. Like, I, I just, I agree. It's ridiculous, it. yeah. But it's, yeah, it's fun. It's fun, yeah. But it must have been an interesting experience then to get to see the original. Because well, but it's really intentionally scary. scary. Yeah, the first yeah. one is, like, un, like, a total, like, nightmare, nightmare dark you know very scary but like at that time i did not pick up on the humor of uh, also like you know the right. i was a kid like yeah. my, i didn't mm -hmm. like english was definitely you know my english is a lot better now than it was back then you know yeah. um so even though there was a lot of jokiness and like kind of ridiculousness i was just it was just pure horror to me you know also probably because it was my kind of first exposure to anything horror related so i remember like there's a moment where like the um one of the kids, like, he has this nightmare where he's falling from the, the sky in, like, a parachute. Right. And Freddy, like, cuts the, the strings of the parachute. And he drops down to the ground. And he's got, like, Freddy's got this, um, like, plate of, like, needles sticking up from the ground that the, the, the kid falls into. And that used to be, like, a recurring nightmare for me for, like, years. Oh, uh, wow. So, so it definitely did, like, have um, a scarring effect on me. Um, yeah, but but something at the same time, like I just wanted, I kept coming back, and um, I also grew up in kind of like a small town outside of the city, um, and um, a kid that went to my class, his older brother was like an amateur makeup artist, and he had his, you know, his bedroom was full of like horror movie posters and uh, and stuff that like masks that he had made, and he had uh, like a Freddy Krueger glove. Uh, with the knives that he had made himself. Oh, And wow. I used to, like, 
hang out with that kid just so I could like sneak into his brother's <laughs> bedroom just because I loved like seeing seeing all these things. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah. Huh. See, I have to remember I take for granted that I was um, um, initiated so early because, like, I mean, I saw Nightmare on Elm Street when. Oh, know how young I was very very young yeah because I had a teenager for a mother and she just watched whatever and we watched whatever with her yeah um so same my mother kind of you know we've talked about this a lot on the show is like Horace heirloom so it's cool that you say you know your mom was a fan because that's definitely in keeping with most people we talk to somebody has given it to them right but yeah so it's funny that yeah of course you would at six or seven think that that was a scary movie Super rather than because I remember seeing it for the first time and we just laughed and laughed right right <laughs> it's also I think like it's the thrill of um like when you're when you know you're not supposed to watch it, like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and there's no adults around. Like, I, if if I had watched it with my parents, it probably would have been a different kind of uh, vibe. But it's like, oh, you know, we kind of like, we, you know, we were able to rent it, you know, against the rules almost. And then we like snuck home and like, you know, we had to keep the volume very quiet. So like nobody could hear what we were watching, you know? So like that, also, you couldn't really scream. Yeah, because, you can, yeah. Yeah. So that, I think all of that adds to the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. feeling. And yeah, but that's like, I, but I love that feeling, you know, it's very like dangerous cool. horror. I love when horror feels dangerous. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I mentioned it many times on the show, but the first horror film that I ever saw was, um, my cousins, they took the, I'm, I'm one of the youngest, my, me and my sister who's younger than me, were the two youngest of our, um, cousins group. And so they needed to find something that was PG 13 to take us to. And so they decided like, Oh, let's go see the ring. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was like, okay, well let's go see the ring. How bad can it be? How bad can it be? <laughs> and then I remember being terrified, um, if ever I found like a channel that was like, you know, blur the snow, the, the, um, that screen, I was just like, Oh God, that kind of thing. But yeah, but it's interesting the, the, where we come from in terms of, uh, who gives it to us and Mm -hmm. how it's like really tied to family, but also in the same way that like even Grimm's fairy tales is like adults telling children, children's stories, children's stories and everything warning us, warning (laughs) us and horror as like a cautionary tale of, you know, and the morality of that comes into it too. We talk about a lot about like the morality of the particular movies that we, that we watch. And it's, it's fascinating how that all plays into it. And it's also really tied to family too. Mm. Yeah. 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 So after that, um, sort of how did, you know, kind of meander us through like you know my, growing horror. my life and yes <laughs> um i feel like when i around like maybe 10 around like between 10 and 12 that's when i started kind of making my own movies i Very like cool. my my parents had like a video camera like you know just a vhs video camera and uh me and my friends would just, you know, in the backyard shoot film, you know, and this is very primitive, you know, just like edit in camera where, you know, just press you stop, stop. <laughs> and then like, yeah, let's yeah, move yeah. to the next scene. And, uh, but I made a few of those and th- those were always, you know, horror related, you know, there was always somebody that had a knife and there was ketchup involved and, you know, people <laughs> running around always. And, and like, we were using a lot of the kind of, you know, people are disappearing, you know, like you press stop, run out of the frame and, you know, record again and like, oh my God, they're, they're gone they you know? <laughs> uh, movie magic was this stuff you were writing yourself or you were recreating things or kind of a mix or i would say like these were um these were kind of like yeah i don't i'm, I'm trying to remember if they were based on anything 
but not really. I think they were just kind of we were just we kind of just made them up on the spot almost. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of the first, um, you know, um, my first kind of foray into making stuff. Um, at that time, I had become obsessed with um, Aliens, oh, the James yeah. Cameron. Oh movie. yes, yes. Um, and that that whole series, like the Alien series, I was I was like in love with, but especially Aliens, I was like obsessed with. Um, and around that time, I was like, okay, this is this is what I want to do. Like, I want to make movies like this. Um, and, um, as I got a little bit older, um, one of my best friends and I, we decided we were gonna make, um, like, a like a slasher movie. Uh, this is around the time that Scream came out. Yeah. Uh, and I had become also obsessed with Scream. I used to be, get like super obsessed with movies when I was a teenager. Um, so we, um, yeah, we wrote, um, a film that was this kind of, uh, you know, a slasher movie about these teenagers that get lost in the country and there's a axe wielding killer coming after them. Uh, and it ended up being like 35 minutes long. Um, and we just had all our friends do it. We shot it over the course of a week. We rented like a camera. We were like 16 when this happened. Um, and, um, we edited our, we did everything ourselves. We had like no help from anybody. Um, and then in our school, we, um, we had a screening. We like played, during lunch break, we played a trailer for the movie that we had cut, and people got super excited. And we were we had a screening the night after, uh, and we had t- two hundred people show up, and we charged like two dollars. Oh wow! And so we made like four hundred dollars. Yeah, wow, that's awesome. Uh, so we that was some like, of the costs. You know? Yeah, exactly. I like went into um, that went into uh, paying off the camera that we rented. Um, and the, the stuff that we had left over, we were like, okay, now we can make another movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's kind of how, you know, that thrill of, you know, not just making the movie, but also screening the movie and like having all these kids, like they were like screaming and laughing, you know, I think that's when, you know, if, if I had the bug before, like that's when it kind of like became yeah. super serious. I was like, ah, oh, this is, I want to keep doing this again and again and again. That's awesome. Um, do, does that still exist somewhere? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, locked away. <laughs> oh, of course. I'm sure. Uh, no, it, yeah. it does exist. Um, It'll I, end up, you know, in the future on some, you know, retrospective exactly. of your work. Exactly. You know, like. <laughs> um, yeah, we probably can't, like, put it up anywhere because we st- all the music is just stuff that we stole from oh, like, yeah. other soundtracks. So it's like, you know. It's uh, like trapped there forever. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, for but, personal viewing only. Yeah. For, yes. <laughs> there we go. Yes. Um, just to go back real quick because you brought it up you brought up Aliens uh, we did Alien and Aliens recently we did mm-hmm. like a uh, compare and contrast paper you know episode yes. and uh, so uh, we had um, our friend Daniel came on he's a big Aliens Alien franchise fan and um, so there's like ongoing you know debate about is Alien better or is Aliens better yes. and you said you really like Aliens I'm curious why is it um, I think at, at the time it was that was the first one that I saw oh, okay. um, and also like I was at, at an age where like I think like the action actiony okay. of it all like yeah. that kind of spoke to me more and I was also I also loved like you know the Terminator movies okay. you know I was like a big James Cameron yeah, fan yeah, yeah. at the time um, he really owned that period. Like, yes. He really did own the, the imaginations of people in that period. Exactly. Um, and I remember seeing Alien for the first time. And, like, it was weird. 
um, because I remember being incredibly like super scared, but also feeling that it was super boring. Uh, <laughs> but now, yeah. like today, like now, you know, I've seen Alien like so many. I went to see it like there was a fourth fortieth anniversary yeah. screening. Yeah, oh, that's how we did it too. Yes, yeah. Yeah. and it's like I think it's. I mean, I honestly think it's like one of the best movies ever made. You know. Yeah. Um. So I like for me they're they're so different. The first it, one absolutely. and the second one yeah, that yeah, like yeah. it's hard to call one better than the other. Mm-hmm. Probably I would lean a little bit more towards Alien today, but Aliens is still, I think, just such yeah. a Again, cool, that awesome soft movie. place in your yeah. heart. Yeah. Yes. I think it's a lot. I mean, I get it. I think it's a lot of fun and, you know, action, you know, and I think that's kind of what it comes down to is that most people, it's like, yeah, it's. I think it's a fun film, you know, and I think it depends on, yeah, that kind of person. Like me personally, like I miss the old days of like gothic kind of cinema where mm-hmm. it's slow and it burns yes. you know very slowly and that's why it's like i loved hereditary and i love the witch right. and an alien and you know so for some especially like american film it's like we love our guns and we love big action blow up sequences so yes. it's like i understand why people like it and so i'm hoping that they do like a 40th or whatever anniversary for that because i would like to see it in the theaters I'd you know love i think to. it'd be a lot of fun that would be so cool oh, i never got that opportunity because i think i was two or three when it came out no yeah so. yeah i was yeah i was two years old when it came out. so it'd be fun to experience uh, that in, in in a cinematic uh setting yeah. um okay so you got to show your Homemade horror film yes. and realize you have power. You have, yes. you have, you have power this of power. The audience. <laughs> um, so, did your school, did you have in Iceland um, opportunity to? Because, um, like, here, um, I remember going to high school and there was, like, audiovisual clubs and things like that where people that wanted to make film had an opportunity within school to do that. Yes. Did you have that opportunity? Or were there community programs? Like, you know, what, what other ways? Yeah, we, we did, did have a little bit. I remember, like, we. We edited that movie a lot, like so many times. We ended up like the final version of the movie was edited on like an like an like an old iMac, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. um, and with the movable, the the movable uh, monitor, or it was the one. It was the um, the bright uh, orange, the, green, blue. Yeah, things, yeah. The color like the bubbles. Oh, yeah, yeah. The bubbles, like kind of when they came back in fashion a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So what? It years? This ninety eight, ninety nine. This is ninety nine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I remember coming back to high school and all the computers were those. Right. They they had changed them all. So. But before we were able to edit, before we had that computer, um, we our school had like a like a tape to tape editing deck. oh wow like then we were just like literally from VHS, vhs tapes to another vhs tape and that was such i remember like we sat there for hours and hours and hours and every time you made like a small mistake you had to like go back it was like very non-linear and like and like you kind of ruined the tapes and everything looked awful at the end um but we had like a full edit of the movie that way and then somehow we got access to a computer and we were able to edit it like like that. Mm-hmm. So we were like right at the cusp of like you know digital taking over from analog, um, at least for you know fifteen sixteen year olds. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was kind of the only thing that our school helped us with. I mean, they were they let us shoot stuff like in the school. Like they were very open to like allowing us to do stuff. Yeah. But there was no like club. Like right. we okay. we were like me and my like three friends. We were you the were. club. You know, <laughs> you were the AV club. Yeah. 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 If people wanted to make films or do anything, they came to you all. 
Yeah, pretty much. And, but nobody did. It was just us. You know? like, uh, we were the ones that were – also, like, this is, like, a super small school, you know, so right. there's not a lot of kids to begin with. Well, who was in – or were you all in the movies as well? Oh, yeah. As, I'm, okay. I, I played the killer with of the Of course. Yes. yes. The most uh, fun. Yeah. The mo- of course, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I think everyone everyone had, like, a small part. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. So you graduate school and then you go to university. Yeah, so, yeah, so I still, I kept making movies, like, short films for, like, throughout, like, all these years, um, and I ended up going to university, and I always wanted to go to film school, but I ended up going to do my bachelor's degree in Iceland, and I studied literature, Okay. Um, because I wanted to do, I, I kind of, you know, when I was studying, like, trying to, like, figure out what kind of film studies that I wanted to do like I, I I would rather do like the graduate study so I, I needed something before I went there mm-hmm. um, so I studied literature and for a moment I was like maybe I'll just do maybe I'll just write books you know maybe I'll just yeah. become that person you have um, your foundation in narrative structure and storytelling right there so. exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, beneficial to your career <laughs> it was great and you know I think one of the the good things about literature is like it kind of for it you know that that whole thing like it forces you to dig deeper and like you know find meaning, you know, and find, um, you know, patterns and, like, find all these things in, in books and in movies um, that you weren't necessarily aware of that are there. Um, and that can be both a blessing and a curse when you're writing a movie. Like, you, you don't want to force anything in there, but you want to be, you know, you want to try and, like, keep your themes kind of straight and clear. And, you know, you want people to watch something and take something away you know absolutely so that was like a good thing i think that was a good kind of basis for before i i I did film school um and then i knew i wanted to go to the u.s for film school just because iceland um didn't especially at that time did not really have like a a big film school culture or even like a big film culture Mm -hmm. um so i applied for a few schools in america i got into um the columbia university film program which was like i didn't realize it at the time but that was like kind of a big deal to get into that program oh yeah absolutely um so i went there um did some short movies um they had some festival success and that's kind of where it all started then you know the people that i met at that program were then the people that did child eater uh, with me and that was the like short a short film version bo- yeah oh, both. both so okay. we, we did the short film first and that um that had a pretty like that was the first kind of my first exposure to like festival yeah world um because we got um selected to play at south by southwest um, oh wow very which cool. for us like that you know was like a big deal for us yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah that's a big deal for anybody <laughs> yeah so you know we that was kind of the start of um that whole thing and then after south by southwest we were like oh maybe we should just do a feature and um and then that you know spiraled into the channel leader feature and um yeah and that's kind of that's that's a very very basic short version of uh how everything started very cool. Yeah. Um, I should have shown you all at least the short yesterday. That or, The child leader you know, short? Yeah. I'm sorry. That, so that's my bad. So, But anyway, so sorry, Joe, because you have not seen Child Eater. Surprise, surprise. Um, but I did watch it. Um, and very cool monster film, you Thank know, for you, your first. You. Where did um, – because I assume, like, that it was – that's like a – 
a Nordic like fairy tale, like the 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 stork and the eye eating, or what? Right. Where it, does that come from? It's like not based on anything specific. Oh, okay. Okay. It's like, but it was kind of like uh, a mesh of a few different things. So like the the story of um, like a child eating monster. I mean, like I think every culture has a story yeah, of like yeah. a child eating monster. In Iceland, it's oh, um, yeah. Gr- um, Gorilla. gorilla. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. basically it's gorilla. a Christmas story. Um, so it's you know we have we don't have one Santa Claus. We have um, thirteen Santa Clauses, uh, and their mother is like this troll woman. Um, and uh, the the story basically goes that you know um, twelve days before Christmas, like one by one, these Santa Clauses they they go to town and they all have like a thing that they do. Basically, you know one you know like licks the leftovers of your plates one like smashes the door behind him you know one um eats all the kind of the dairy from the you know these are like old stories from back when we were farmers mm-hmm. um and um and then at the end the mother Grilla, she comes down on christmas and she um Basically, like, we'll see if, you know, if they're bad kids or good kids. There's bad kids. She takes them into her bag uh, and takes the bag up to her mountain, and then she cooks them and eats them. Mm. So this is, like, what they tell kids in Iceland for Christmas. <laughs> wow. So I, everyone's very well behaved. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, I like her style. Um, <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> yep. So that was kind of, like, the... Um, like, the, the first inspiration for, like, a child-eating monster for the, the film... And the black stork just kind of came. That was like, you know, it's like a cliche, but like that was like, it came in a dream. You know, I was just like. Oh, very cool. I had written the script for the short and like it was all pretty much there. Um, And then it's just like I had a dream about like a black stork that also steals children. Uh, And I was like, oh, this might, this kind of fits what I just wrote. So I kind of worked it into the short um, and it that's where that whole kind of mythology very came cool. out of. Yeah. It's such a, an opposite of like, you know, here where it's like the stork brings the baby. Exactly. Whole, yeah. like, you know. But that was kind of the cool thing about it was like the, yeah. it's the black stork and it, yeah, it takes the babies away. Yeah. And it's like, the it's opposite. Yeah. It's the opposite. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just, I, I, yeah, I enjoy child eater outside of the fact that I don't feel there's enough child eating in it. Um, but that's True. just my yes, personal. Yes. Um, Joshua could live, like could just have an entire film that's all about like eating children. <laughs> And he'd be, and it's still my biases against children. Well, you know? child, we can always do child eater part two. Yes, you know? and it's just eating. It's children. just eating. That's children. the whole. Yes, thing. yes. Uh, it's just ninety minutes of that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Loud, evil, entitled children, though. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. want any nice kids. No. Just yes. like these horrible creatures that uh, are about in public. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he, it's going to be me. I'll play the. You're the child eater. Yes. <laughs> No, but he, uh, it's very cool uh, the way um, he comes in the in the film. Very Nosferatu in some ways, yes, like some yes. of the shadow you use and the way, you know, which kind of also we'll get into. We're going to do a whole deep dive episode on uh, Rift, but I can see some of those, the, some of your, um, the ways that you did Child Eater, like just using shadow and using like space, you know, I kind of see in Rift as well. And right, so right. 
I, I just, I really like how you do that. And then, like, when he's in the closet and you just see, like, the eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that, I mean, that made me jump, which is very rare. Like, oh, that's for awesome. horror. I that's, was like, oh, my God, he's in there with her. Very happy to hear that. That's, I mean, that that closet scene, that was, like, you know, we often talk about, like, in, in film um, or, like, you know, what's the, or when you're writing a script, like, what's the, the image or, like, what's the idea that kind of sparks everything? And that, like, you know, that face appearing in the closet. Yeah. That was, like, something that I had just had in my head for such a long time. And um, and that's that was kind of the spark for yeah. for both the short and the feature and you know all of it. So yeah, no, it's very that effective. Works. And yeah. then especially like it's not even appearing, but then the di- like as he's pulling back, you mm-hmm. know, and then you just see the shine of like the glasses that he's wearing. Ugh. Yeah, it's very effective. I was like, this is creepy. <laughs> like this girl needs to get out of here. Get up and get out. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that that film was like um, you know that was also like you know it was my first feature. It was is very much. Um, you know, a trial by fire type of thing. Yeah, sure. We, you know, we, um, uh, my producer, we, you know, my two producers, one of them had made the short with me, Perry Nemirov, um, uh, and then another uh, fellow uh, student of ours, Luke Spears, he came on board to help us um, produce the feature. Um, and we were just like, we were so ambitious, you know, we didn't, we, there was no backing. It was just, it was literally just the three of us and we, we raised the money and we, you know, we cast it ourselves. We did everything ourselves. Did you like um, Kickstarter or? We did a little bit of Kickstarter. Bit. We okay. had a little bit of money from Kickstarter. Um, and then um, we kind of just, you know, like for, I would say like a better part of a year, it was just you know, talking to people, asking, you know, do you want to invest, you know, this much? Do you want, you know, like yeah. getting just like kind of like getting all, uh, the budget together. Um, but, um, yeah, that was such a, we stayed like upstate New York, like the whole group for a whole month. We rented a house. We all lived together in like these two houses. Um, we were shooting in like freezing cold. Um, I mean, it was like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And like the, the, the circumstances were like always not in our favor. Right. Um, (laughs) you know, I remember like our schedule got like completely, you know, thrown off course. We were supposed to shoot something like on day three. Um, but I think it, it either rained or it snowed like, and so we couldn't shoot outside. So we had to go to like another set of ours but it wasn't ready so like it was just like had this rippling effect where like oh everything that like can't go wrong does go wrong uh, but it was such a like in terms of just learning like you, you we learned so much by doing that movie um, and like some of my best friends that I've I've made are people that I met you know while we did that movie um, and I think like you know looking back you know was it what we wanted it to be like what was it what we had a kind of intended it to be not quite but you know but there's moments there's like scenes in it that i'm i'm super proud of um and um you know overall you know just the experience of making it was um such a fun one i mean it was also such an awful one but you know right. but like yeah. now with the, you know a few years you know distance from there yeah from i think anybody yeah, yeah any creative would say that i mean i spent a year working on a on a record and you know you look back and you listen to it and it's like uh, you know, there are times where it's like, and then there are things that come up and you go, wow, exactly. can't yeah. believe we achieved that, you know? So it's like, I just think, you know, the next record you make, the next film you make is going to build. Yeah. You always want to, yeah. you know, better yourself, do, you know, and take what you learned and, you know, apply that. And, um, it's pretty amazing for a first feature, oh, you know, you. I mean, really like, and again, Joe, you should 
definitely check it out. Um, and and you, dear listener, it is available on Amazon Prime if you're a Prime yes, member. Yes, um, Or rent it. Uh, put and a it's little... very short. It's like 82 minutes. So yeah, yeah. With credits. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Do you uh, have children who you wish would be eaten? Well, <laughs> yeah, check out Child check Eater. Out, check out Child Eater. <laughs> Show it to Make all them. your fantasies come true. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. Use it. You know, you, you, you've created an effective boogeyman that people can uh, pass on to their, on their kids. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, I was kind of surprised when I read that outside of a couple of shorts that was your first like full length like film yeah it's uh it's it's quite effective um you know i love a fun little monster movie um so obviously the next thing you make is rift but we don't want to get into that too much because okay. we are going to do a full-on uh dive so um dear dear listener you'll have to wait for that conversation um so we can talk then Next, then, was you writing? Yeah, well, I can kind of like you know without going into too much, I can kind of bridge the gap. Okay, yeah, between. yeah bridge it. So okay. basically, what happened was um, while um, so this is while I'm making Child Leader, I'm living in New York. I just finished school, um, and I'm you know we make this movie. I'm still living in New York, and um, uh, the post production on Child Leader took in you know took forever, like. In my mind, it just like it was never being finished. Like, I what was, what what year did you start working on it? We well, we shot it in twenty fourteen, okay. and it came out in twenty sixteen. Yeah, I think or something. Like, yeah, yeah, I think that's what it said on. Yeah, Amazon. it definitely it definitely came out in twenty sixteen. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, 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 because I turned I turned thirty. I'm aging myself. When we were shooting it, so that was uh, twenty fourteen is when. We shot it. Okay, cool. Um, so, so two the, years between. Okay, yeah. So and the post production just took forever um, for a number of reasons. We, um, so I was, I had like you know a couple of editors help me out, but for the most part, I edited it myself. Wow. And my facility was this um, post production company um, in New York that like was super generous. They were so helpful. Uh, they gave us um, like the um, the space to um, to edit. Uh, and they also helped us a lot with um, with all the post production, like the special effects and um, and the sound sound design and all that stuff. But because we had no money, we were doing everything like after hours. So like I was usually there from like seven p.m. until like seven a.m. to edit. You know, wow. Um, for like yeah, for like months, I was just there. Like I my my day just like got completely turned around like i was like just awake at night and editing um and once i finished editing uh we had the sound designers and we had the special effects people but they it was the same deal where like we had no money so they were always like doing stuff you know on the weekends or you know so, so like everything just took forever yeah. um and because everything was taking so long and also because we you know we had started submitting it to festivals and stuff and it wasn't really getting you know it wasn't really getting any attention like nobody mm -hmm. wanted it and i was getting like oh my god like my career is over before right. it begins like well, especially after you having good success with exactly the yeah. short out there yeah yeah, yeah yeah and i had had another short before child leader the feature which had did even like better you know um at the, you know had, did more festivals and won some awards what was that what's that one called? It's called the banishing yes it's on it was on the website that i saw right? yeah or, and it's yeah. on shutter now and okay. um and that's like a film that i'm actually like super super proud of still like i actually watched it again not too long ago and i was like oh you know it's not bad um but anyway so awesome. um like nothing's happening with child leader and um i have the situation where like i had to 
basically leave um, New York. I had to go back to Iceland for a few months. And at the same time, I was having a breakup with my then um, – and I'll go into all of this in detail when we talk about Rift. But um, I was having a breakup, so um, go to Iceland, um, feeling very depressed, and I decide, like, either I'm going to, like, you know, lick my wounds and do nothing or I'll just, like, make a movie. Make a movie. <laughs> uh, while I'm waiting for Child Eater to come out. Uh, and so that's how the genesis of Rift came to be. Um, and then that came out – did that that came out and that actually like surprisingly um like had like a great life at like mm-hmm. film festivals we played like a lot of different places and that's um how i got basically like that's how like that laid the, the groundwork for me coming to la because that's how i got like a manager and eventually i got like agents um because they had seen the movie um and um and that's when i start like just writing other things and um eventually you know and start taking meetings with people out here Uh, and then i move out here um and i've been having all these meetings with blumhouse for like various things and like you know it's you know a lot of these meetings are just general or you come in to pitch on something and you know nothing necessarily happens but you're making connections and hopefully you're making a good impression um and so by the time that midnight kiss came up i had probably like i I don't know you know i had gone 10 times at least to blumhouse's offices um and and every time it's like here we go it's, the, it's <laughs> kind of i mean because yeah. you have to have that spirit you know when of you're course, yeah. any any i yeah. feel like the same because we have a we have a fair amount of friends who are also um who are also actors and so mm-hmm. it's just you just gotta you know, you you just got to go out and just as the more you can get in front of people's faces. Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. And then you know you you pitch and if it's an idea that sticks with them, it'll it'll happen. And, exactly. And this is yeah. such a like you know, and I'm sure it's kind of the same for actors. This is such a like when you are when you kind of are trying you know you're proving yourself in this industry, like you know, there's so much rejection and there's so much like, you know, so much stuff that like doesn't go anywhere. So sometimes it's just like the small things that you, you know, just like going into a meeting and somebody being like, oh, that's such a great idea. And then you leave that meeting and they're like, oh my God, they like my idea, you know, and that like sustains you like mentally for the next like month, even though nothing happens, you know, (laughs) it's like you can go out and pitch three other times. And it's like, because someone it, like it's just validating it's like i because yeah. you're sitting here i mean i can imagine like you sitting in your workspace just thinking like this is a great idea and then like having to go convince someone of it they're oh, yeah. convinced and yeah it's very humbling when you um put into words what you have in your brain and then like in the middle of like the sentence you're like oh my god this is they're not they have no interest in what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I'm not selling this to you them. You can like at clock all. the moment that they've okay, and I've lost you, and now oh, I've yeah. lost. Yeah, it's very. And then, but you still have yeah. to. You can't stop. You just you have to like continue the spiel, and you know. Um, so, the, you know, after I moved here to LA, like I did a bunch of those things, not just with Blumhouse, but with you know a lot yeah, of different sure. places. And the more you do it, the better you get at it, and you 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 get a better sense of like you know when exactly that thing like when when are you boring them and then you might like shift and like okay this is not working so i'm i might cut this idea short and go into the next one just so you know i have something else to talk about um but midnight kiss basically happened um when i i 
get a call on a Tuesday evening, and I am told that they Blumhouse is looking for like a New Year's Eve episode for Into the Dark, um, and they need it fast. Um, and they, <laughs> <laughs> you can write a script in a, a day or two, right? Well, you wait, wait, yeah. So, <laughs> oh no. So, um, but I'm so. This is Tuesday night, and I'm supposed to go in and pitch on Thursday. Um, oh, wow. So I'm like, okay, you know, I can come up with something. Um, so I come up with basically what is essentially the the film that you see, like that idea. Come up with that, um, and I got super excited about it because. All I all I knew was that they wanted it to be a slasher movie and they wanted like a gay twist. And to me that was just like this is that's all I have That's ever my wanted. life. That's <laughs> my life. <laughs> that's like, what you wanted. I'm a gay twist on a slasher. Exactly. <laughs> all yes. of our lives. Yeah. Um, preparing this since I was sixteen. Exactly. So um so it was like really fun, like you know, okay, I have a day to come up with a story, you know, let's go. And um and I got really into it, I got super excited about it, and I think when I pitched it to them, like I was having so much fun with the pitch. I, that was like one of those things where I'm like, oh, I could tell that I, I had them. Like they were super into it from the get-go, which is the best feeling. Uh, it's like the complete opposite of the, you know, the dead eyes. When yes. They're like when they get bored. Um, you know that they're like looking at their phone, but yeah. they're trying to also be engaged, but not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this was the opposite of that. Like they were like laughing. They were like asking questions. It was like a very kind of fun pitch. Uh, and they basically, like, in that meeting, they were like, okay, this is the movie that we want to make. C- can you write this in one week? Because we have to get into production in, like, three weeks. Wow. And I'm like, of course I can, um, even though I'm like, fuck, I've been fuck, preparing fuck. for this my entire life. <laughs> yes. Now, did you, uh, just just, to, um, just out of curiosity, did you go in going, okay, these there's these characters, this one's the murderer. Like, did you already know oh, all together? Everything, yeah. Everything. I have all the beats, okay. like, from beginning to end. It's basically, like, what I pitched is pretty much, is, I would say, like, you know. 85% of what you see. Wow. Um, from, like, with all the character, all the main characters, all the beats, um, the twists and everything. I mean, it did change, you know, but, like, essentially, um, what I went in with is what I ended up writing and wow, what they ended up cool. shooting. Um and so yeah, so they did. Were they like, have it cast already by then, or did you? No, no. This okay. ha- everything happens very quick. So wow. basically, like this was the end of June that I went in t- to pitch. Um, I wrote it the fourth of July week. Um, it was like a long holiday, so they were like, "If you could get this to us like the Monday after the fourth of July, of that would be great." Last year of twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Wow. Yeah. So. Um, that week, I wrote the first draft, um, got it to them on that Monday. Um, like, on Tuesday, I think it was, like, official. Like, they, they bought the script, and, like, you know, they're, like, this is the, the thing that we're going to make. Um, so that, w- that would have been, like, July 6th or something, 6th or 7th. We started shooting 20 days after that. <laughs> I think 26th was the first day of shooting. It was or, or something like wow. that. Wow, that's amazing. Like two, two that's, or three weeks. That's that. amazing. Huh. Yeah, you, I mean, we knew that they kind of, they can move quick just because we've had Chelsea Stardust on before, and mm-hmm. we had her on to discuss her um, all that we destroy yes. episode, and so we kind of had a, you know a little idea of how they kind of work sometimes. But that's amazing to turn that around. I mean, you must have just been like. Yeah. <laughs> like it was powering the meme of the cat just like hitting yeah, no, it was yeah. very much that and <laughs> like and also like I mean the good thing about writing with that I mean okay so first the first thing is like uh, 
because I had kind of come in with a very detailed pitch, like, and they liked all, like, they, you know, I kind of knew all the big beats. So it's, you know, it's a, it, a lot of it was just kind of connecting the dots, just writing the dialogue. Yeah. Oh, and if you, if we're, we're, a, we, we will, you can go ahead and spoil it because we've, yeah, okay, we talk, you've already we, talked yeah. about oh, it. Oh, yeah, 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 we've already yeah. talked about it. So if yeah. our listeners haven't already seen it, then pause uh, now. Pause now. Watch it. Go watch <laughs> go it on Hulu. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and watch it now. But yeah, please go. Please okay. feel free to speak as okay. openly as possible. Yeah. Um, I think Joe has questions anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I can, I can answer all your questions. Um, so, yeah, I, um, well, yeah, so the good thing was um, I had kind of done a lot of the groundwork. And I also, like, this was, like, the most fun script that I've written. Like, it was so much, I mean, comparing this to, like, something like Rift, which is such, like, a painful, it was just, like, that was, like, yeah, you know, catharsis. tearing something. Yeah, it was catharsis and, like, tearing something out of my soul. This was just, like, super fun. Like, I loved writing the dialogue. I loved writing these characters. Um, so it actually, like, even though it sounds, in- I mean, it is insane to write a whole script in a week. And I've never done that before. But it actually wasn't as hard as <laughs> like yeah i mean it was hard but like it was actually better than i had expected you how know? many pages was it i mean the first draft was i think exactly 90 pages okay uh, and it did come down like the shooting draft i think is like 82 pages or something and the finished film i think is like 89 minutes yeah so um yeah it did change um it did i mean so i wrote three drafts before we started shooting uh, first draft, second draft was like the, the biggest changes came between the first draft and the second draft because we had like there were more characters in the first draft. Um, there were like two extra characters, and so there part were like the group. part of the group. Okay. Um, so there were like also more deaths, um, and um, and the, the, all the stuff at the club was there was more stuff at the you know there were you know a few things that were different, but. Um, but yeah, essentially, like I think, apart from those two characters, and and kind of a little bit about how the twists at the end occur, like yeah, those things changed. But like almost all the, it was funny. I was like looking at the first draft recently, and I was like, all the dialogue scenes are pretty much the same. What ended up in the film? Yeah, like word for wow. word. Like, oh wow! So that That's was amazing. kind of fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. To see how was that not directing it though like um, writing it and then not directing it because you had written all your previous films and directed correct yes pretty much um except for the banishing that's i oh, didn't okay. write that um i directed that but i didn't write that oh, okay, um, okay but everything else i've i've done both um i mean it was kind of it was weird in a way because it's like giving somebody else like i i can't help but write with something in mind, you know, like the way it's going to look or feel or whatever. Um, so it felt weird because I was also, I got to be on set for the, the whole thing. So that was my question. So you were on set the, for the entirety of the like 80% of it. Oh, okay. I was there. Um, just observing, just, you know, I just, because I wanted to see how, how it all, you know, happened. Um, it's gotta be fun to the experience. It was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, but it was it was a little weird. the the um, The good thing is, I I got to be also involved in kind of um, hiring a director, so I got to be in all the interviews with the directors, which oh, cool. um, was a really fun wow, thing. That's really great. Um, and um, my first choice was Carter, who ended up directing, um, and he is just like first of all, like he's you know 
an amazing director, an amazing human, and but we also had the same kind of um, like his drive to make this movie came from the same place as my kind of drive to make this movie, which is like you know we both loved slasher movies when we were younger. And this is the kind of slasher movie that we never saw, but always kind of wanted to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that immediately, like, I remember him saying that in the the meeting, and being like, "Oh yeah." So like, we were on the, we were already in, on the same page. So I really trusted him with you know with doing whatever you know that you know whatever changes from my brain to you know what he was doing. Mm-hmm. I I was like able to just like let go and you know have faith in him so um that you know it felt you know like i said it's always a little weird when when you know you're like looking at the monitor and it's like oh that's not quite how i pictured it but but at the same time it didn't feel bad it just felt like you know he's doing i I have faith that he's doing he knows what he's doing and and he's he's being he's honoring the words yes but it's from his like specific you know his specific directorial vision. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And he, he's got such a, um, like cool vibe and style to like, you know, it, it was just really fun to watch, like fun to, you know, see all the, um, everything being, you know, set up and blocked. And, you know, I had a great time and just like, I'm watching the cast. Like that thought the cast was such a fun, such an cast. ensemble. Yeah. They're yeah. so great. Huh. Um, and it's also weird. Like when you're listening to somebody talking, you know, saying these words that I literally w- wrote, like, you know, I was like, oh, sometimes it was like, I wrote this scene yesterday and now they're like saying the, these, all these lines. Um, so it's, it's weird, but in a good way. It's, it was so yeah. fun, you know, yeah, so it was very exhilarating. Proud that you put out in. You know, yeah. You yeah. Yeah. I've had that experience because I've written songs with other bands or for other people, which is a weird thing. Cause like I, I write from a very personal space and that's like, if, if I get on and I, I sing, I'm talking about my life. You know, so it's interesting to write something and have somebody else perform it. And there's yeah. like a local band who I, I wrote a song with and then they sing it. And it's like, well, it's interesting because it's like those are my words and choices, but they're doing their own thing. So I just imagine that it, it just has to be surreal. It is surreal. Yeah. You know, but because it was happening so fast, like you, do, there was no time yeah. to like feel like <laughs> I, you just had to like, this is just how it is. And yeah. You either go with it or you don't go with it. And does it feel good? Does it does it feel right? For the moment, like, is it true? And then just move on. And you exactly. don't have time. You don't have, you didn't have, that's actually probably one of the the blessings of having such a short amount of time to write was that you just had to go completely with your gut and just follow yeah. and follow it that way. You have no, there's no time to look back. You know, you have to just trust yourself. And of, of course, like you're getting feedback from, you know, Blumhouse and from Hulu and from yeah. Carter also. So I, you know, it's just like I'm getting their feedback, and I'm trusting that you know their feedback is gonna be helpful. You know, so it's you have you have to trust people, and you also have to trust in yourself. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was fine. It's I've never had anything happen this fast. You know, the movie <laughs> came out like six months later. You know, yeah. So yeah. that's like that's also insane. Um, and so yeah. and like the like the actors that you got, like the the actors that they got, were just like one perfect for their specific roles, yeah. but also. Like they're like they're known in I mean as far as like out gay queer actors and yeah, performers yeah. are yeah. if this was and and I think that was like every time I've told people to see this film I'm just like you need to see it because this is like these are queer people making queer movies telling like a queer story I mean you know our stories are <laughs> this like it's really fun but like I feel like that's 
for repres- as far as representation yeah. goes, it's so important. A larger yeah. cultural like conversation is happening. You know, there's always this conversation of like the future of queer horror, and I think like this film and Rift. I, I think that is that that's what we want. We want to make films that just tell our like the 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 truths and reality. You know what I mean? It's not anything bigger or less. You know, it's right, just yeah. human experience. And it's like, you know, there's like this cliche of like, you know, the more specific something is, the more universal Universal, it it feels. And I I feel like that's such a, you know, when it comes to stories, whether it's um, like a a gay story or queer story or um, if it's, um, you know, any other kind of, you know, marginalized group or like a minority. I feel like if you stay true to like if you're authentic to that group or those people, then like everybody sh- should be able to watch it and and feel like a kinship with it, you know. Yeah, exactly. human experience. Well, yeah. I mean, we've, I mean, we meaning like us as like queer people have had to do that with with every, like, yeah with everything. Mm-hmm. Like everything. I, I famously Absolutely. love, I, I love like a, a a great cis heterosexual rom com. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I cried at the Notebook. You know. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, I love my best friend's wedding, but like you know, that's not my story in any particular way exactly. but we've had to relate to it absolutely um yeah it's, and can relate and can know, relate yeah to that. yeah um i so i watched it well i watched the i watched men kiss twice okay i watched it with uh joshua um just as for the show and then we did our episode about it and then i watched it on new year's eve oh cool um with uh my with my boyfriend and it was just... He likes saying that. I like saying that. <laughs> I, I, like, I, I know he listens, and he's, he's, I'm going to get a text when he listens to this episode. Um, and it was so funny because, like, I was, I was later, I was, I was like, okay, so you have to tell me right now, now that you've met all the characters, who do you think's the killer? Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then seeing how that all changes, and um, I remember telling him, I was like, yeah, sometimes I think I'm like Joel. <laughs> And he was like, "What do you mean you think? What do you mean you think you're like Joel?" And then things would happen. He's like, "Yeah, maybe you are kind of like Joel." <laughs> oh. And 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 I feel like it's such a it's so funny because I was also talking to another friend um, who is also a horror fan, and I was talking with him yesterday, and I was like, "Yeah, you need to watch Midnight Kiss. It's about like you know one of the characters is like you know that like super type A gay with glasses, you know, like you and <laughs> and but like." But it's so funny because, like, I'm I am that person where it's like, where's the itinerary? Right. Where's the like? Let's do oh the God. shared. Who am I then? This is what we Joel. Who yeah. am I? The shared folder, you, the playlist. You, you're Chester Lockhart's character. You're like uh, <laughs> you're Zachary. Yeah, exactly. You're you're you have all of the you know the the style. Look at you, the style and the the rock oh. star. Anytime we go someplace, I was like, I really hope they think Joshua is like this like rock star because I look like your intern. I look like your assistant. <laughs> Um, and so it was, it was nice to like have, to like watch it in that, in that space and to, um, to, cause he's also not really a horror fan. So like to see him like, oh, like figure out when, when the twist happens and when all those little moments happen too. um, sound, uh, music in it is just about to say, yes, like right out of my head. Yeah. 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 Orchestral disco. Right. Yes. It was amazing. (laughs) I'm so yeah. I the the um all the um I mean I I wasn't I can't take any credit for that because you know I wasn't really involved in much right. of the po- I I got to watch like a rough cut and and give notes but like 
you know, I remember seeing the final version for the first time and like being like, oh, it sounds so good. And the music is so like perfect for everything. And uh, like the colors are like popping. It was, it's really fun. Oh yeah. Like that's the good part of like not directing is that, you know, you get to, like, I get to experience it, you know, kind of like an audience. Like, yeah, of course I know what's going to happen and everything, but I get to kind of see it for the first time. You know, I haven't seen it 3,000 times by the time it screamed, you know, for the public. You know? Right. So that's that was really fun. It can surprise you in, in specific ways. Yeah, and I had fun with it. You know, it's like some of the um, – there's it's you never know how, like – you know, the magic of editing is, you know, how a joke is going to land or, like, how a scare is going to happen, you know. Like, even though I know it's it's supposed to be there, like, you, you can still be surprised just by how it actually occurs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite kills of, like, so, you know, I've I've watched, like, almost over, we have, we have uh, just over 100 episodes and I've watched a ton of horror, at least, you know, for my life. Right. And one of my favorite kills is... Um, Zachary's death in the yeah, closet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, first of all, getting killed in a closet. In the closet, like, yes. That was great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Wonderful. Commentary. When he's trying out, like, the, uh, the, brrr, the yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my favorite moment. It was just <laughs> like, and his kill, I was like, I was like, did he just die that way? And I was like, <laughs> yes, he did. It's so, it, it was, it was, and then the, just the, the glitter confetti. When he's dead in the when um who is that in the in the in, in the, the shower big, in the beginning, in the beginning yeah. oh yeah the Ryan character the Ryan was yes, there. just like yeah. just you know getting <laughs> getting glitter I was like this is great this is I like yeah. in, in case you didn't know this was a gay slasher here slit your throat and here's some glitter yes 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 <laughs> um, I have. I have a question. It's a little inside baseball question oh, yeah. about. Um, <laughs> I'll do my best. I I'm curious. The can you tell me a little bit about like the decision to have Joel kill, um, to kill uh, uh, Dante. Dante. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I I'm because I thought that was such a good red herring because I was like, okay, yeah. he's not in the mask. And we see again, just like Riff, this is also about a breakup. Yes, in a yes. in a very I have issues. Yeah, <laughs> in a very different. I was like, these are two what? stories that are sort of that are sort of about a like dealing with a breakup. And I thought that was really interesting how like the the decision to do that because I thought it was such a good red herring because mm-hmm. you know I, I immediately I immediately pegged him as the killer um, uh, in the beginning. And, but like, can you tell me a little bit more about? Well, it's like that? Scream, like where you think it's Billy, and then the other guy shows up too. Yeah, right? yeah. So, um, yeah, I can tell you. So, like I said, like the the biggest change from like draft one to you know um, to the the shooting draft, where like there were two more characters, and uh, also kind of how certain things got revealed at the end. So that was one of those things that was not in the first draft. Um, my first draft was actually a little bit more like Scream. So they were in it together like they had uh. planned everything together um and um and uh so it was kind of joel masterminding um logan uh and that's also kind of where you know the whole idea of the the pop mask i mean not the pop mask but the sub the submissive yeah killer yes that kind of came out of the idea of the, you know joel is using him as his sub so he's uh. manipulated him he's into into perpetrating these murders. Yes. Oh, so that was that was the initial concept. Um, what happened was it wasn't quite landing. Like the twist. I mean, the the way that I had written it originally, and you know, mind you, this was like 
the first draft was like written in a week. So I yeah. always knew that like there are things happening with this reveal that aren't quite landing. Um, and we basically like, we, we just started talking like, well, how can we do this in a, in a different way? Like how can we kind of like, you know, make this a little bit, you know, less like scream and more, you know, interesting, something that we haven't seen before. And we were also, I was also cutting out these other two characters. So basically the, um, we were getting into that issue you have with like whodunit movies where like, you know, once you start picking the characters away, like there can only be so many like, exactly. You know, right. And especially with, left. And especially with like this very small tight knit group of friends. If yes. one of them is the killer who that that's really open to interpretation. Cause then, you know, if you have two characters left, one knows for sure who the other is the killer. The other one yeah. is, you know, exactly. Yeah. Who are you trying to deceive at that point? So the idea, and this like, this was written on like we started shooting on a Friday. This whole section of the film with Joel killing Dante was written that following Saturday. Wow! Uh, and we were shooting those scenes with uh, we were shooting the like the the final scene where um, Joel and um, and Cameron are like you know standing by the pool in the daylight and and Cameron is kind of like realizing that Joel killed Dante and like you know they're like holding hands and he like you know, slips away. Like we were shooting that scene, I think on Tuesday. So it was like, we only had that weekend to like write this section. And I remember like it was me and Carter. We were just sitting for maybe like 15 hours and just like rewriting the whole third act. And the idea, basically the, the idea came from that, like, okay, if, you know, we can still have them both be killers, but they're not acting together. And, um, and we just thought that was like, we haven't really seen that in a film like this and we haven't and we thought it was like like you said it was like an interesting red herring uh to kind of throw people off for a while like if you think he's the killer then you might not be thinking about logan for a little while like kind of forget about him yeah because he like he disappears and there's that great like there's that great bit of 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 um there's that great bit of you, you like how they throw us off where he's like in the, in the pool. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes, yes. And he's like, I'm going for a walk, you know, and yeah. he's starting to get fed up with, uh, with Joel. with Joel and just, you know, that, that, that actor's like his delivery of the final monologue. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. He I was just like, wow, I really, I feel all of that. And it was so, it's so interesting to like, I was like, wow, okay. I'm really feeling, um, I'm really feeling his like, anger and his yeah. vitriol and just thinking about like wow and you can like you got proposed to and yeah. this yeah, was like cooking a, in that he was cooking and like for this long con seven years of feeling this way right and, yeah and I, i'm like i'm very glad that we ended up going this way because um like that that whole like monologue or like that whole speech wasn't there in the first draft. Oh wow! Um, wow. Because okay. um, he he basically like that in that draft he dies before we he like he dies and then they take the mask off and then we see like oh my god it was him, um, and but we were like we you know Lucas Gage who who plays him he is like a fantastic actor and uh, I remember like when we were like that Saturday when we were writing this it was like we we need to give him something like meaty we need to give him something better and so like all these things were kind of coming into play you know we needed we wanted to find something like an interesting twist on the you know on a red herring we wanted to give lucas a little bit more to do you know um also like this also gave um scott evans a little bit of a different it kind of put took his character in a different direction 
Um, uh, so we were just like kind of having fun with yeah. like, you know, okay, now if we need to make these changes, then like what are the most fun ways to kind of to present them? Yeah. Um, and I am really happy. Like I remember like when, when Lu we were shooting those scenes with Lucas, when he's like giving that monologue, I think that w and that happened pretty early in the shooting. And I think that was like a turning point for everybody because we were like, oh shit, like it's so raw. Like he's so good, you know? Um, and I think everybody was just like, oh, like we thought, you know, this has been so much fun so far. Like they've been, you know, all the, it's been so jokey and like funny. And now it's like so serious all of a sudden. Yeah. It kind of made everybody in the cast and the crew be like, yeah. oh, this is like, this film is going to go there. You yeah. know, so the shame, cool. like just the idea of like his, his dealing with that shame yeah. and, and like how much it means. And that's the other thing too, is that I, I, I bring up a lot on the show of like, you know, if uh, like like with Carrie, like with any type of revenge style slasher, where you know the killer is basically imposing their own morality on everybody else by killing everybody, yeah. it's just like, did they? Des like, you know, it's always like, did they deserve to die in that way for right. playing this game that was basically, you know, they it was just their them having fun, yeah, and it was just so fascinating because it's like, no, you don't really know how the other person's going to take it, yeah, and it was, and when they show that scene in the very in the very beginning, when they're you know when they're doing uh, the montage of the different New Year's Eves, and he's there and like going back and watching it the second time, yeah. I was like, oh wow, like it's he's it's there. right there, but it's very quick and yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's interesting because we called our our episode on this um, toxic top syndrome yes and joel yes. <laughs> yes. and um so it would have been interesting if you would have went like kind of with that original draft because that is also something that isn't explored often in um queer film at all really is like abusive relationships like in this sort of manner because it's like once they kind of introduce them it's like immediately i was just like god i hate this guy and i hate the way he talks to these people and the yeah. way he's treating this twink of his like just you know the whole thing so it's like that would have been a very interesting you know to follow that all the way through because it would have told it would have talked about something completely different than what the film ends up talking about yes in in queer relationships i think it's effective either way i just it's interesting to hear that but yeah yeah so that that was the original kind yeah. of you know the 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 original like that's what where it was heading you know originally yeah yeah Huh. Um, How uh, cool. That, that's very, thank you for revealing that because that is, that is very that interesting. That is so that, yeah. Yeah, cause thinking about it in that way now, like there was, you, you could have done, there, there was like a, a completely separate movie that you could have done in that way. And, you know, ended up with a nice, with a good Joel kill. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Some Joel come up and sit the end. Yeah. Um, one thing I, and I'll bring it cause I, I, Joshua brought this up when we did our episode about it is, um, the scene between Hannah and Cameron at the bar mm -hmm. where she's talking about, you know, <laughs> you, where she's talking about like, you know, you never would think to go to a straight, a straight bar. And we were talking about it on the show cause like we've had similar conversations, uh, with, other people about that same thing uh, joshua you can talk a little bit about this oh uh, well i mean just i i think there's a um uh, how do you want to say like um like a, a, a hypocrisy of queer men you yeah. know and so we've had lot women on the show talking about this i've had women in my life talking about that you know i you know just that was just such a very real conversation that i don't think it's talked enough about in like the misogyny of queer men yeah you know because everybody goes oh you know gay guys love women well that's not true <laughs> all you know in, in in many ways like we do in some ways and then we don't in other ways and this was one of those very a very real 
conversation. Yeah. You know, a very honest kind of examination of, 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 of yeah. a part of our culture it, where it's like, you don't matter as much as I do. And it cast a lot of doubt because, like, I, for a mo- in that moment, I was like, oh, she's the killer. Right. She's killing, she's <laughs> yeah. killing all of them because. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was, uh, I mean, that was the intention. Like, I, yeah. you know, I was trying to find, like, what for each of these characters, like what could be their motive, you know? Um, oh yeah, so the pool that's scene that's not explored often. <laughs> I don't think that's no. talked a lot about in queer media. So I, I still stand by it being. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and I felt it's interesting because I, you know, in my you know in my early twenties, I felt a lot like she did, where mm-hmm. I was going with my like straight female friends to places where they could meet men. But, you know, I didn't also have, like, a group of queer friends and gay friends that I could have gone with either. But they would never – or, like, it never really came up as, like, they would support me in going to those places. Exactly, yeah. And so I really related to that level. And then we were – when we – when I watched it with Joshua for our show and they're at the pool and she's, you know, being the historian talking about who slept with who, I was like, well, there you go. She's just established motive for everybody. Right. (laughs) And I was like – I was like, this is – this is great. Like, right, right. Yeah, yeah I, I, I like a lot of that um, energy too, and I don't know if that also comes from real life. This is something we talked a little bit about on the show, um, the, on the episode, and in, in life, it's like you know when you have like a family, as we do. I have friends now that I've known for eleven or twelve years that I've lived in San Diego. We're pretty good, but there's a lot of there's unresolved conflict amongst yeah, always, them. Always, yeah. Not that nobody's ever going to address though. Like you know, they're just always going to leave it there. Exactly. So it comes out in this like you know nasty kind of little jibes every now and again. I love you, but, you know, you suck in this exactly. way. Exactly. And, and people, you know, the, these two people can talk about that person, yeah. but, you know, like something, you know, it's, yeah, I think every friend group has, there's dimensions and, you know, there's a lot of love, but there's there's resentment and frustrations yeah. and, and stuff that kind of builds through the years for sure. True, but it's not, but I, I think adding like the sexual element is something that I do think is very much in like a lot of queer relationships. Yes, yes, yes. N- and not in the same in like, you know, at least in the groups I've been in, it's not like everybody slept with each other. But that's not the case in, like, my queer groups, you know, or, or, or women. You know, the, the lesbians I know have all slept with each other. Yeah. <laughs> and they've been friends for 20 years and they figure it out. You exactly, know? So I, just, yeah. I think that's, a, it's, it's, again, a very unique thing to, to do so blatantly, you yeah. know, in this way, you know, in this film. Because it's just a part of our culture. I, I thought there was things revealed about specific... Um, or, you know, some, not everybody, obviously, generalizing, but about queer culture that, that mainstream people never see. Yeah, to some that extent. they're not aware of, I think. Yeah. That they just don't think of. It's interesting because I remember being, you know, from Iceland where we, you know, we used to have, like, just one gay bar in Reykjavik, you know. It was a very small gay community, um, you know, like, relatively. Um, I just thought, like, this is just how it is here that, like, we, you know, people like friend p- people within the friend group like have either dated each other or slept with each other or like that's how they first met and you know like yeah i thought that was a very like icelandic thing but then having lived in new york and now in la it's like no this is a very just gay thing i feel like this is very common <laughs> it's very common yeah. um <laughs> and i think it has something to do with like with how we like i don't know we we tend to kind of choose our own families in a way and we stick to them very like closely i mean yeah of course there's like people coming in and out of your life but i feel like for a lot of these kind of gay groups they are pretty tight-knit and like they they stay together for a long time and yeah yeah and especially because they clear that like 
you know, if there's that sexual like tension amongst them, it's mm-hmm. probably been cleared out. You know what I mean? It's like we did it and we move on. We move like, on, yeah. You know, it to, to some extent, not to you know, I don't want to you know um, say everybody does that, but I, I do think there is something to be said for like the sexual tension in a group. You know? Yeah. So it's like if you already know what each other looks like naked, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> But I was like, I remember like writing it and being like, oh my God, like, uh, you know, the gays are going to like drag me to hell for, you know, like they're going to be like, oh, this isn't, this isn't how my friends are or like blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But then, um, and then they'll be like, really queen? Like I, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's the thing. It's like, you're you, sitting there and I'm like, I'm putting it in. Cause I know like, exactly. Like, yeah. We can go to West Hollywood right now and we can find like five group men groups. That are like Exactly. Them. And I yeah. remember like, I remember hearing from, it was like, you know, one of, one of the, um, executives at Hulu, um, he was like, I went to that party last week. Ah! <laughs> you know? And then I was like, okay, you know, you know, if, if, if you've had this experience, then I, if one other gay has had this experience, then that's good enough for me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, I think in particular in queer male culture, because like, because we're men and men inundates or well, society inundates men with sexual imagery constantly, regardless of your sexuality, mm-hmm. you know, we are just like hypersexual in some cases I, you know what i mean in, in you know generally again speaking maybe somebody will send me messages like you know, the gays um, will drag you right they can, dra- they can drag me all they want um you know but it's just it's sort of interesting that yeah that we all kind of can get exactly where this is coming from yeah i, yeah. I feel just because it's like it's just uh, you know, right. part of our lives and also like you know and I, I both carter and i we've you know talked about that like you know this wasn't supposed to like represent all the gays, no, you know, no, like, no. of course there's like a lot of, you know, like I, per- I've never been to Palm Springs, you know, like, that's uh, fine. Don't go. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, so it's, you know, it's like, it's not supposed to re- represent everybody, you know, it's supposed to just be like, this is like, you know, a West Hollywood group of gay friends. Um, this is a very specific, this is a very specific, yeah, yeah. but it turns out being universal. I think, yeah, because I think, I think, you know, a lot of the stuff that they, you know, the friendship, you know, that like you were talking about with Hannah and Cameron, like that kind of frustration of like, you know, sometimes it feels like I'm being used or like I'm not being appreciated. Like, I feel like that's something that a lot of people have felt within their friends, friend groups, Um, you know, jealousy between, you know, like my ex lover is now seeing somebody else and they're treating them the way that they treat it, you know, like all of those things, I think. People, you know, it doesn't matter if you're gay or straight. Like you can, Absolutely. you can either you have felt these feelings or you have seen other people around you kind of go through these things. Um, and uh, I, it's also funny, like you know, I try not to like read reviews and like you know the comments and all that stuff yeah, because it's just it'll smart. drive you crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, but like I ha- I have seen some people mention like oh you know it's like yet another movie where, like, gays are just, like, you know, oversexed and taking drugs and stuff. And I'm like, but this is, like, this is a slasher movie. Like, yes, I wanted it to be, like, hypersexual. You know, I wanted them to, like, that's kind of the point. Like, if you you want to see people be different, then, like, that's not going to happen in a slasher movie. Like, you want to take things to the extremes in this type of film, I think. I guess, yeah, that was kind of the point I was trying to make is just, like, maybe we're more relaxed about sex in that way. You know, yeah, like, but you bring up a very good point because one of my the things that this film reminded me of and that I have to keep in in mind when watching anything made by the other, you know, anything if it's a queer film or a film by, you know, uh, black directors or black writers or Asian or women or whatnot is not to hold it to some standard 
yeah. more than, you know what I mean? Because it's like, this is a fun, like, slasher film. Like, just because gay people wrote it doesn't mean it needs to do something. Like, yes. Like, I don't know. Like, do you you know don't need I, to you know speak for every gay everywhere. It's, it's Absolutely. tricky. It's and like, it doesn't need to be. Yeah. It, but it's like, it's, it's that tricky thing of like, because there is so little of it, then, yeah. then people are going to kind of over, you know, it's, it, it'll, it takes more space because there's so little like representation. Of course. Yeah, so yeah. it, it kind of has to, you know, stand on more solid feet in a way. Um, but it's like as the writer and I think as a director and as like any of the creative people involved, like you you can't be thinking about that too right. much when you are doing – you just have to yeah. kind of like be authentic and truthful to like these are the characters. This is kind of the genre that we're doing. Like this is the type of film that we're making. Um, the archetype of the genre is this. It's yeah. hypersexual. There's – I mean like that's – that's. it's so funny because like I meet a lot of like – I meet a lot of people and especially a lot of queer people who love slashers mm-hmm. who who just like you know love that kind of world and and the morality of a slasher and all that stuff and it's just like yeah that, that that's that's pretty much what you that's pretty much what this film accomplished and yeah. it did it in yeah. such like a very fun and in the ways that and it also like because we're gay people we're queer people we can connect with it yeah. in the same way that like you know probably some young you know, some young person in like the '90s connected with Scream, or exactly you know, connected yeah. with, yeah. Um, connected with uh, Friday the Thirteenth, and yeah, right. absolutely. So I just, I, I just like that. I like that it's, you know, it's a, it's a fun slasher film about queer people because that's the characters, but it's not about. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like something. It's not really trying to like make any point about anything, but at the same time, I did, you know, and we've like we've been talking about, I did want them to feel like. You know, if you are a gay person, these like you, these might have been your friends, or like yeah. you've seen these people before, and they're talking about things that um, like a straight group of friends might not necessarily be talking about. Uh, and I also wanted to like, especially in terms of the Logan character, I think that's the when he gives his kind of motives. I, that's kind of where you know that's the m- most political part of the film mm-hmm. in a way. You know, that's coming from a place of like that's a very uniquely queer thing like feeling left out of like you know you feel like you're not welcome in the group that like you you thought supposed to be be welcome and absolutely and that he is already experiencing all the shame and so that moment which was a throwaway for someone else meant like so much to him so much so like he's held on to it for seven years exactly festered and has killed people yeah um when you're talking about like well, he has know, a mental illness it, no. well yeah <laughs> of course yeah. he's like a killer he's a um i one of the things that i thought was so like it felt it spoke to me in a very real way is when zachary and cameron are talking about joel mm-hmm. and they keep they, they use they keep calling her him her and her. she oh, yeah and i was yeah, like yeah. i have i remember I remember when the first time I like just like sat back and realized that I was in this really cool community of friends because we were at a birthday party and there was like eight of us, all gay men around a table. And for the three hours that we were there, not one of us used a male pronoun. And I was like, this is, it was so, I was like, it felt so specific. And I was like, oh, this is one of those moments in film that like, you know, I'm going to feel seen. I was like, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. I'm like, yes, yes, I feel seen by this. And it's like, and it's like this very small thing, but at the same time, it's such a, like, it means so much to you. It means so much to me, you know, not just in this film, but like when I remember that also just back in Iceland, like when, when 
I first heard po- people like guys talking about other guys as she. Like first it's like, oh, that's kind of funny, but then it's like it becomes it's like a thing that's very unique to like yeah. us. Yeah, you it's know. that, like, I mean, it, it stems from that Polari tradition of just, like, you know, of having our own language to talk about people. Exactly. And it's so, it's so authentic and specific to those two characters yes. as well. Yeah. And I was like, this is, like, it, yeah, I was like, oh, I love it. This is great. I can't wait to talk about it and Dang. tell you to, tell you to your face. Yeah, so, you, you know, you. so forget about we the. We just take all of this <laughs> section out and do a whole, like, yeah, another we episode. Will add, we'll add this. And, and so, you know, Aden... Uh, uh, just you know, fuck the draggers. You know, just let don't read the right, comments. Right? Yeah. No, I should. I, yeah. And I, just and yeah. just know that, like you know, I I loved it. Yay! <laughs> yes. Thank there you. you go. You got Joe. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> all right. So before we wrap up here, um, is there anything you could talk about uh, that you're working on now? You know, having done this and written something for somebody else to direct, or, or are you doing more of that? Is that something you're excited about? Blah, um, blah, blah. I mean, I, I I'm not against doing it more. Okay. Like I'm not right now. I'm not. Like I haven't been hired to do anything like that right okay. now. Um, I, I'm mostly trying to work on stuff. Like I, mostly, I want to direct. So right. that's okay. always my focus. This this project came was kind of a left field thing, um, but like a really fun Lovely. left field yeah. thing. Um, but yeah, we're, what I'm working on, what I've been working on mostly for the last few months is uh, actually like an English language remake of Rift. Cool. Very cool. Um, so that uh, Ryan Pictures um, is doing that. Nice, uh, and, nice uh, group there. Yeah, the, the, they've been they've been pretty awesome. So um, I can't really say much about that other than it's in the works and it's going great, and I'm super excited about it. So very, very cool, um, awesome. That's pretty awesome. And then like the other thing that I've been working on for a while is uh, it's uh, another Icelandic movie. Um, very not queer so it's like uh, another left field like a left turn for me uh it's uh um, you're writing yeah i have already plan to direct, plan oh, to okay. direct. um it's already written cool. um it's this it's the, and that's kind of one of the reasons why i've been watching the killing so this is more of a kind of a scandinavian noir crime thriller but with a spooky element to it so um yeah i'm super excited about that it's based on this best-selling novel from iceland um that came out a few years ago um, and oh, yeah. I think I read something about this. It's a follow-up to the yeah. I'll, I'll remember. I remember you. I remember you. Yeah. So okay. I remember you came out twenty what twenty seventeen, and um, and this is kind of like we're calling it a spiritual sequel. Okay. It's like it's not on the same characters, but it's a very in terms of the tone and kind of the structure, they're very similar. It's like two stories, one in, in the, the past. same universe or something. Like yeah, that. kind of. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's super excited, exciting. Um, hopefully I will have more news about that soon, but, um, that's awesome. Going great. Yeah. Well, I want to see that right now. So, oh my gosh, (laughs) how exciting. All right. Well, um, one more time, your name. Uh, Erlinger Torridson. Excellent. And <laughs> yes. where can people find you? Twitters and Instagram? Oh, yeah. Um, that. I'm on um, both Twitter and Instagram um, at L-I-N-G-U-R, which is my name without the first two letters. Linger. Uh, Linger. Um, and, yeah, I think that's kind of – that's that's usually that, – those are my two that's hangouts. people want to find you. Yeah. Okay. And then and you can watch the movies. You can see them. They're on, like, Amazon Prime. Amazon, Amazon Midnight Kiss on Hulu. Midnight Kisses on Hulu. Just came out. Um, watch it with, with by yourself or with your friends, you know. It's a fun party movie, I think. It is perfect for a party. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah. All right. Well, great. we thank you so much for taking time to, to sit here of course, and, thank uh, you. and uh, dissect your life with us. It's <laughs> <laughs> my therapy um, session. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it a lot. Uh, you're very fun. Um, so we look forward to we're going to have you on again to talk all about your film Rift. So stay tuned for that, dear uh, listener. Uh, Joe? Good night. Good night. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.